So I married my ex-husband because it just made sense on paper. So here's the scene. Set the scene. Set the scene. (laughs) I was 21. I just had my daughter. And me and her father were going through some... I was trying to make it work because I felt obligated to stay with him because we had a baby together. Through infidelity, through looking stupid, just... That's a whole nother podcast, a whole nother show to tell you the stuff her her father took me through. So uh, my daughter was, uh, one, I'd broken up with her dad and I was working with my ex, but we weren't, we were just coworkers. So I had a boyfriend, my daughter's father, he had a girlfriend. So we just worked together. And then somehow we just kind of started talking. We started dating. Everything made sense. And it was like, He's a minister. He's doesn't have children. He's never been married. He loves you. He loves your daughter. You're, you're not going to get no better than this. So it was like, and he asked you to marry him. I wasn't getting a bunch of proposals. I wasn't dating a bunch of people. Bunch <laughs> you know, of like I wasn't getting a bunch. So it was just like, it made sense. And not saying that like my parents forced me, but it was just like, he looked good. Like he was wrapped up in a good package. You know, he wasn't afraid of my dad because my dad is just like, He's not intimidating, but he's very much an alpha and a man's man. So he, you know, he wasn't afraid of him and he just fit in with my family. And it was just like, he loves me. Sounds good. He's going to marry me. I'll marry him. And I loved him. But yeah, I didn't, um, I didn't pray about it. I was just like, yeah, he treats me right. He's a good man, Savannah. Those were all the old heads. Do you know that reference? No. Savannah, he's a good man. Wait Wait and exhale. Winnie Houston's character, Savannah, she was, actually she was, I think the man was married. So that's- He was definitely married. Yeah, he was married, but the mama was like, but he's a good man. So- Mm -hmm. She actually tried to get her daughter to settle. Exactly. And I'm not saying I settled with my ex-husband, but honestly, like that's, it made sense to marry him. And that's, that's why I got married. I mean, that's how it always is, man. We're brought up, especially- those that brought up in the mm-hmm. Negro church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you find one, take them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like putting your hand in the cookie bag. If you touch the cookie, that's your you cookie. You got to touch it. You got to take it now. <laughs> you got to eat it, bro. Even yeah. though that cookie might have rat poison on it. You touched you it. You touched it. It's you your cookie. It. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's crazy. Did it make sense for you to get married? It made sense. I, I guess it did because I was married. You were married. <laughs> But what what about her made sense though? Okay, um, so I met well, I knew her already for the longest time before we actually had met. She was my cousin's friend. Yeah, grew up together or no? She was just my cousin. Friend. Oh, so okay. I knew her. Was she was my cousin's best friend? So oh, gotcha. We were okay, my cousin's house, mm-hmm. so forth and so on. We linked up when I came back from uh, overseas. When okay, I came back from Iraq the first time I went, I think mm-hmm. somewhere in the two thousand sixes. Long story short, we started. Doing the wild thing, she ended up pregnant, hmm. and you know how it is in black church. Yeah, you get her pregnant, you got to marry her. Even though I knew it didn't make sense, well, I, I didn't. It didn't sit right in my spirit. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, it was like they package it like that's the right thing to do. Let me go on record and say I think that's the total opposite of the right thing to do. Yeah, I, I think that's ignorant, and I think it's not fair to you or the child. Because you're marrying somebody under false pretenses, I guess. Not necessarily false pretenses, but I don't know. I just, if your heart ain't in it, 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's um, and not to cut your story off, but I was the same way when I got pregnant with my daughter. His family was like, "Well, now you got to marry her." Um, and then my mom was like, "The first thing she said to me when she found out I was pregnant, you don't have to marry him." So it was kind of like the norm would be to marry, mm-hmm. um, but there was pressure on his side because he felt like he had to marry me, and I was just like, "No, you don't have." I loved him and I wanted to marry him, but he's he's two years younger than me. We're talking about Cam's father. We're talking about Cameron's father. So for the record, my daughter's Cameron. Cameron's biological father, I was never married to. Mm -hmm. I married my ex-husband when Cameron was two. We started dating when she was like one and a half. Um, So when when me and my ex got together, my Cameron's father thought that I was actually cheating on him because we got together quick. So we started dating officially... January 2005, he proposed April 2005, and we were married September 2005. So, it, waste so in, nine no mu- in nine months, we dated, got engaged, was married. So, mm. and, and also, it literally oh. was like the, he swept me off my feet, Makes which sometimes I feel like I go on a different episodes, but like. I think one of my issues now with dating is that I'm looking for that. And I actually talk about this in my book. Um, I'm looking for that. After the government. <laughs> NatashaLavon.com. Um, I'm looking for that that sweeping off my feet. Like he literally, I used to say back in the day, like he was my knight in, in shining Volkswagen because he drove a Jetta. <laughs> you should have never dated a guy that drove a Jetta. I, ladies, don't date a guy that drives a Volkswagen. <laughs> Jetta Passat. <laughs> What is it, Torre? What's that SUV? But are you done? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Shout out to Volkswagen. Y'all make really great cars. I actually used to own a Jetta. So he had a blue Jetta. And um, he, he he literally swept me off my feet. And I was in love with them. So I'm getting off the topic. But yeah, so back to you. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, she was pregnant. Uh, <laughs> we got married. Bada bing, bada boom. You married her. Yeah. How long were y'all married? Uh, on paper, seven years. What's the number of completion? Okay. But when did you, you said on paper. So when did you mentally check out? Um, probably 2008. Cause there's a difference. Like you can be in the, the marriage and then not be. You could be married, but not in the marriage. December 2008. That's when I meant. Is when you meant. Do you think you checked out first or she did? 100% me. Like, I, I literally feel like I feel mm-hmm. like I checked out. Like, I, like, almost like I could feel my spirit in my mind. Like, all right, we go head out. But what, what triggered you checking out? Um, I'm about to dabble into another episode. So. Oh, did you cheat? Well, okay. First, we got married in July 2006. Mm-hmm. Okay. I went away to training like August. Of the same year? No, no, September of the same year. Okay. So months later. I was a young, dumb, and broke. Mm-hmm. And um take y'all down memory lane here. Okay. <laughs> Long story short, I did cheat on her in like November. Of the same year? Of the same year. Okay. So <laughs> it's gonna sound cheesy and lying. But I slipped and fell into the vagina. I don't know how. Uh you gotta tell me something different. I was in training. And mm-hmm. I was living my rock star life, right? Mm-hmm. And I was cool, you know? Got to, went to drop my friend off at this hotel party, right? And he was like, no, bro, you should come in. <laughs> next thing you know, the vodka was free. We all started drinking. And then next thing you know, 
you know. Is that the slip and fall sound? I don't. Yeah, I'm trying to see where you slipped because nowhere in that slipped. story was there ice, and she was naked catching you. So how did you slip and fall? So the, the, let me tell you, the vodka melted the ice, and she, she I almost yelled in the she, 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 she was naked already, mm. and then I was like, "Oh, it's a free vagina. I should slip and stuff." And wow. that's what happened. Well, we had sex, and then um, so then fast forward. I go back home in uh, December or something. Mm-hmm. Same year, 2006. 2007 rolls around. I'm getting ready to get deployed again to Iraq for the second time. Now, note, this is in it's like August time frame. So, for the past, we've been married a year at this time. And I've probably only seen her like seven months after the year. Mm. Excuse me, because I was in training all, all the other time. So, we're at a unit picnic, an organizational picnic. And we have this picnic before you, so soldiers getting ready to go deployed. And my friend's girl come up to her and was like, so how did you handle when Cliff cheated on you? She was like, excuse me? Wow. I was like, oh, no. You violated all the rules, bro. You pillow talking with your girl? Which everybody knows that that happens. But what made her think that she knew? Did you lie somewhere and tell your no. homeboy that you told her? Oh. No. I think my homeboy was just pillow talking and she probably knew that my his uh my then wife did not know. Oh, so she sat so she straight she threw the oop. She yeah. threw the pass. Definitely threw you under the bus on purpose. So she yeah. must think like you for real. No, nah, I mean her friends to this day. You still friends with her? Yeah, oh, I, listen, no. listen, I had no issues with her because I didn't it wasn't her job to be loyal to my secret. That's good. It, it shouldn't have been a secret in the first place. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I, it never would have happened, I would have had nothing to tell. She wouldn't have had nothing to tell. Yeah. So I go get deployed to Iraq. I spend like 15 months total. And I'm on my 14th month. I think my 14th and a half month. And at this point, I'm just waiting on my flight to go home. So I went through all deployments. She then tells me, um, this is a whole nother episode. So with us guys she then tells me she was having a whole affair now at this point in my life cheating i would have understood the cheating because i cheated and we both was young so then that made sense to me that quit pro quo Mm -hmm. but the affair thing was like level up stepping level up to me and that hurt you know what i'm saying cry for like nine ten minutes then i was over it i was just like "Mm, okay I get it. That hurt though. What? That she had an affair because it was emotion. Yeah, and it's way more emotional and plans and all this other stuff involved with an affair. Cheating, you know, I met a guy at a party, boom, boom, boom. Too easy. So then I come back home to the States. This is December. And we're getting ready to go back to Chicago because that's where we're from, gang, gang. Um, don't roll your eyes. <laughs> yeah. We're on our way to Chicago and we're packing up our stuff. And I don't know why she picked that particular time to tell me she made up the whole thing about the affair. Like, she told me she cheated, but the rest of the part, all the rest of the stuff was made up. She was trying to hurt you? Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I mentally checked out because it felt so malicious. Mm-hmm. Like, like you a supervillain. You sitting at home making plans to hurt me because she knew, like, the cheating thing wouldn't affect me. Like, I get it. So, this was the beginning of your marriage then? It's I- 2008. So we had only been married like two and a half years, maybe at the That's time. Very so okay, 
So uh, why we stayed married so long? I was gonna say you were married for eight years, seven, seven years. Yeah, yeah. So, so we was married to 2013. So y'all just kept at it. Uh, yeah, it got a little no, not even a heave hole. No, okay. Okay, she ended up. She was pregnant at the time with my current son, Breezy. Mm-hmm. Um. My only son, Breezy. But wait, I thought she was pregnant before y'all got married. That's why you married her. Yeah, but she had a miscarriage. Oh, she didn't. Okay, she didn't keep that one. Okay. Uh, well, she, she lost that one. Yeah, she had a miscarriage. And then she was pregnant again. So I mentally checked out. Of course, I took it to the doctors and all that other stuff. But I can sense that I was like, I, yeah, I'm done with this here. That's what I mentally mm-hmm. checked out. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. Is it? I thought my story was sad. I mean, my story is sad, but... That's also sad. Because y'all didn't really have, so you never had like a good marriage. Like, is there any part of your marriage where you could say, no, these years were good? Um, The beginning, I guess. But you cheated in the beginning. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you did. Isn't that what you said? It still was good. I should have been taking notes to keep track of everything. It you, still was good. But what what was good about it? I don't know. I, I the, 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 Like the first, like two, three months was good. The first? <laughs> and then so like, I, I honestly think, if I wasn't in the military, it would have turned out differently mm-hmm. because I got married in July. I was gone two months later. And then you slipped and fell in somebody's vagina. Yeah. That's awkward. The vodka melted the ice. Mm-hmm. Bada bing, bada boom. So two do you think two. if you were home at a party, you wouldn't have? No, because most likely she would have been at the party with me. What if she wasn't though? What if she was working and you was at a party? And it's different when you, at home, it, no, that wouldn't happen at home. I was away. I was young. First time getting some real money. So, et cetera, et cetera. Drank way too much. Mm-hmm. Drink in moderation, folks. Um, so, Thanks. and then right after that, I came back home and then I left again. Mm. And then again, and then again. Like, we was married seven years. I probably only seen her maybe three and a half of those years. All the other time I was gone somewhere. Wow. For training or in Korea. And or, she didn't travel with you? No, she couldn't. Oh, okay. I thought I'm wives, spouses could go. Well, I was never like stationed at these places. Oh, okay. So I was going there for a month or two months for training, come back, then leave again. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Korea and that was a whole year. And she'd win, I would have had to stay three years. So I was like, no. Oh, got it. But by that time, we was already. Yeah, doing your own thing. I was doing our own thing way before that, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, a, that's, that's sad a little bit. Because it's not really like marriage is supposed to be this this union, this covenant, this. So I just feel I feel sad a little bit for you because I feel like you never really had the chance to experience a good marriage. marriage. No, you were. Right. Not that. to judge. Like mine was what it was, but I can honestly say like we had good years before it went. It started off rough. And that's because a lot of times I was such a novice and I was so sheltered. And so spoiled. And I, I went from my dad's house to having a husband. So there was no independence. Mm-hmm. There, I didn't know who Tasha was outside of being attached to somebody. Because I was my father's baby girl. And then I became Cameron's mother. And then I became his wife. So now I'm at a place where I kind of know who I am, learning what I want, what I like, what I don't like. But for years, we had a solid marriage. Like we were, we were couple goals before there was a hashtag couple goals. Like sometimes I feel cheated because she's really feeling herself right when, now. <laughs> no, because so when I when we were in the prime of our marriage, there wasn't. I think MySpace might have just came out when I was after. So I didn't get the, I didn't have like hashtag this and post that because that that wasn't a thing. 
Facebook was for college kids. And I think I got on MySpace, but I'd already been married for a couple years. Shout out to MySpace. I miss MySpace. They should bring it back. Because my top eight would be lit now. MySpace. TikTok, <laughs> I mean, MySpace was number TikTok and Snapchat had a baby. MySpace so? was dope. MySpace was not a cross between TikTok and TikTok Or Facebook and, and something. Yeah, but I, let's bring MySpace back. If I knew well, my password, not, I would. It's not bringing it back. Only because the too top eight. Things that's now. true. I say that to people now. You're my top eight on MySpace. A lot of people don't get the reference, but because you ain't saying them to the right people. So um <laughs> I was gonna say something rude. <laughs> so yeah, marriage. You just out here, just you started out the gate. So you had two months of a good marriage, 60 days Solid. strong. <laughs> Solid 60 strong. Day, baby. And then you was just out here just but, um, falling and things it made sense to stay married because it made more one it made more financial sense Mm -hmm. because of my the army you know i made more money and if i make more money you make more money so forth and so on and um yeah it just made more sense and then your son do you feel like you stayed married long for your son you stayed in it longer for him um honestly I, i i think it was more so no, because um, I felt like, and I don't know how true this is, but this is just what I feel and my opinion on it. I always felt like we should have been divorced three years before we actually got divorced. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, because I didn't feel like she was emotionally mature enough to handle a divorce. That, hmm. Does that make sense? It's very interesting. I want you to talk a little bit more about that. That's interesting. Because <laughs> it's like she was mature enough to get married, but not mature enough to handle a divorce. Yeah, marriage was the easy part. Hmm. Well, y'all technically y'all weren't really married. I mean, y'all were married. Y'all were married, but like you were gone. Yeah. So y'all lived two separate lives. But I feel like it's easier to do something that's supposed to make you happy than to purposely do something that's going to make you sad. Well, who says divorce is going to purposely make you sad? It would have in our case, or hurt rather, not make sense. Whether it's a, it hurts your pride or your emotional being. And I, I didn't think because like a lot of stuff happened in our marriage. And okay, this episode is clearly going off topic. But what else? We're here now. We're here now. Um, we'll do part two. Literally everything you could think of that happened mm-hmm. in a marriage bad happened in our marriage. Cheating, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Oh, wow! All that stuff. Uh. So at the time, like I feel like we should have got divorced in like two thousand, like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. But at the time, our life was hectic. We were struggling financially. Um, I felt like she was struggling mentally and emotionally because she was in a similar boat. She went from her father's house to my house to, to our house, or whatever, to a mother. And never understanding or having the chance to figure out who she is. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she was in the middle of that, in the middle of our marriage. And um, and I think the stresses of marriage got a hold to her. Mm-hmm. And a lot of crazy stuff happened. So uh, that's why I say I didn't think she was emotionally mature enough to handle a divorce. So you just kind of prolonged the inevitable, essentially. Yeah. I th- and I think both of us knew that it was going to happen. And... um. I never thought like she would be the one to be like, oh, you're never going to see your son again. It's my Batman voice. I see. Um, you're never going to see your son again or nothing like that. 
but I also did think she would use my son as a, a bargaining yeah. chip type of thing. So, Which happens often. All not, the time. Not that I'm condoning it. Um, that honestly wasn't wasn't my story. It wasn't. I. Okay. You can ask anybody. Like, come get her. Like, come, come take <laughs> this her. This is your daughter. Come get her. <laughs> so I want some time. I'm tired of looking at this kid. But even with, um, so even for me, when I do agree, like divorce, I, I know now that divorce can help. And it's a, it's not all the way a bad thing because it gets to who you're supposed to be. But I agree, like in that moment, it is a bad thing. And it is a thing that nobody wants to do. So for me, I was, I was dealing with identity crisis, but in my case, I didn't realize he was too, because he wasn't, in my opinion, he wasn't honest enough to admit that he also was going through an identity crisis Mm -hmm. because he appeared to have it all together and made me feel like I was the crazy one. It made me feel like I wasn't enough. So every time I tried to appease him, it wasn't enough. And it wasn't because I was falling short. It was because he didn't know what he wanted. So it's easy to say you're wrong as opposed to saying, I don't know. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. I, I think uh, especially like looking back at it, I can say just like your husband, I, I was brought up in this way. Like my job is to do X, Y, and Z. Anything outside of X, Y, and Z is like, eh, mm-hmm. you know, pay the bills, come home, protect the family, whether that's physically or financially, and lay it down, and that's pretty much it. Um, so all the other stuff I had to learn how to do, and I think all the mistakes in our marriage taught me these things. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can see where I didn't say enough, or I didn't console enough, or I didn't be emotionally vulnerable enough, or period. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And vice versa. I can see where she didn't, where she should have been, or what I think she should have been, rather. So I think it happens to a lot of people, especially when you get married young or when you don't have that chance to live on your own and figure out your life and who you are by yourself. Yeah, and I, I don't think I, – I used to say you shouldn't get married young, but now I'm of the school of thought where you can get married young as long as both people – honest and open about where they are. I know I have close friends. I have family members that have gotten married young and are still married. And there was a time after my divorce where I felt a way when I would see their anniversary posts and stuff come up because it was like, oh, dang, they've been married for 20, 25, you know, years. And I'm, I should have been coming up on almost 20 years of marriage or, you know, 17, 18 years of marriage. But the difference between us and them is, they're honest enough with themselves. And honestly, people post is is what's not being posted that matters mm-hmm. and not what's being posted. So we don't know. Like I was talking to somebody who just celebrated her 20th year wedding anniversary um, like last week. And she was like, marriage is hard. Tasha, I'll never do this again. There are days I want to kill him every day. But they've decided that with their faults, they'll work on it. And I think as long as both people agree to work on it. I think it's so I think it can be okay. The problem comes when somebody stops working. Um, I often say marriage is a two person job and when one person decides to stop working, then you're then you're headed for divorce. And big facts. And in my case, at one point he stopped lifting and then he came back and then we lift together and then I stopped lifting. And then I came back and then we decided neither one of us want to do this. 
So at the end, it was mutual, but it took, like you said, I should have divorced. We should, our marriage should have ended five years earlier than it did. But because I'm so traditional and I was raised, Tasha's supposed to be somebody's wife. I say it all the time. I wasn't raised to be anything but a wife. That's all I know. If I can't do, it's funny. I was at work this week and my boss likes uh, peanut butter cups. So we have, me and my coworker, we have, we buy bags of candy, have this big jar of candy on my desk. He will come in and pick through the candy to get the peanut butter cups. So I said to him, I said, what are you looking for? I'll get it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Because he doesn't want to be handled differently. So when I noticed that he was picking through the peanut butter cups and when there weren't any more, he would dig through and then walk out of my office. So I went and I picked through our big, big bag of candy and got out all the peanut butter cups and put them in a special dish on the side. So those are for him. And someone said to me, well, that's a lot. Like you don't a whole lot for the boss. And I'm like, and I made the comment, if I don't know how to do anything else, I know how to take care of a man. And that's not in a sexual way all the time. I mean, <laughs> in a sexual way, but <laughs> yeah, I heard the voice change. I mean, <laughs> but also like, I know how to care for a man and he, the type of person he is, he's not going to make a big deal out of it. But I noticed like, it's a different energy now. Cause now he knows he doesn't have to sift through, you know, the candy, but I was raised. For I, I got that from my mother. On the flip side, I know how to cater, but then I had to learn how to put Tasha first. Another quick story. I am. I have a trip coming up, and someone asked me a question about my trip because um, they wanted to tag along, and I was like, "No, you can't. You can't. Like, you can't tag along. Like, I can tell you where I'm gonna be, but you can't ride with me." Oh, and I felt bad, but I had to explain to her like, yeah, so I don't know where this trip is going to lead me. So I'm going to ride solo, but you are welcome. We can meet up for lunch. We can meet up for brunch, blah, blah, blah. Any other time, sis, I got you. But, and it wasn't that I don't love her and I felt bad telling her no, but I also had to learn like, I need to learn how to put myself first. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing underhanded. There are moments where I just like to be by myself and I just like to and have my own space because for years I never had my own space. And as a mother, sometimes you never get your own space because you're a mother. As a wife, you don't get your own space. So now that I have opportunities where I can have my own space, I like it. And I started to tell her yes and just kind of change my plans and just change my thought process for the weekend. But then it was like, she knows how I love her and she knows where I am in my life. So I've decided you know, I, I put a caveat with it. Like, look, this is why. But I had to learn. It took years for me to learn that it's okay to put yourself first. And sometimes with marriage, we're so intertwined with another person, we lose ourselves. And then it's that point where it's like, I'm asking back to your point about emotional empathy. We ask, we ask for things from other people that we're not even capable of giving ourselves. So it's like, I don't like, I want you to give me stuff, emotional, whatever, whatever. But the reality is I can't give it to myself. So I'm learning how to give myself what I need before I ask anybody of that same thing. That's all I got. That was good. Thanks. I recorded it. <laughs> I think that all goes back to your point when you were talking about um, people being open, honest, and accepting of mm-hmm. other people. And I think, uh, like you said, oftentimes we forget ourselves in marriages because we get so caught up in taking care of the other person. 
And I am a firm believer in this. I don't, this is just me again. As parents, especially when you have kids, we create the sense of normal for our children. And they see what we do, which they think is normal. Mm -hmm. So staying in a relationship past its prime is for the birds. Yeah. So it's, 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 that's how cycles and generational curses are created. So I applaud you for recognizing that with your girlfriend about enjoying my. That's how I am, and that's why I ain't been married since. Like I'm not. <laughs> I ain't in a rush. Do you want to get married? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, think I'm you sure. could? Do you think you could be in a monogamous relationship? Honestly, Monday through Friday. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just you're not kidding. kidding. But you're not kidding. I, but I am. I'm just kidding. People out there listening, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because uh, uh, like cheating and all that—that's for the birds. Are you capable of loyalty? You think? Yeah, okay, been loyal to myself all this time. But that's a lot different than being loyal to somebody else, though. Hey, I'm pretty sure I could. Not, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, because like, and you know, in the Bible, the book, mm-hmm. the gospel, okay. it says love hides multitude of faults. You know what I'm saying? And I'm to the point where I can articulate how I feel about something effectively. So, you know, oftentimes people cheat because they're not getting woo up the bam from their partner. I could I openly say, hey, I need X, Y, and Z from you. I feel like I'm lacking this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and et cetera. So are you texting me? Mm-mm. Oh, I was. I wanted to make sure what I say is correct um, because we often quote hide. But originally, not originally, because there are different interpretations of the Bible, but it's covers. It's not hide. Which is not all the way the same. What what what, what you call it? I that? don't think, huh? What? Um, Which uh, translation? Yeah. King James is um is um cover. Oh, that, that but changes I, the, the meaning. Right. Well, I feel like so I said. I've, so King James is not the original interpretation of the Bible. Facts. We all know that. But there are a lot of. Shout so I was trying to look. <laughs> I was about to look real quick to see exactly um, what translations, but that's going to be too much research. Mm. Sorry, that's going to be too much research. Um, but I remember hearing covers, but I think there are a lot of scriptures that we misquote. And I'm not saying that Hyde is not a correct interpretation, but I learned the scripture that it covers, which does bring a different meaning. So some, 100%. some interpretations probably will say Hyde, but I when I learned it, because we had uh, Bible scriptures. Shout out to um, YPHU growing up. Uh, if you know, you know. My parents were the youth leaders, so we had to memorize scriptures. So I remember learning covers a multitude. Okay, things. I could do that. But, uh, but I'm not here to debate scripture because no, I'll leave that for the past. Sounds like. No. <laughs> Spot check. Spot check correction. Don't, well, hey, listen. Don't do that. But I no, prefer it to be corrected if I'm wrong. Well, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying our interpretations are different because I don't quote it as hide. I say cover. Okay. But that also means I interpret it different because I don't think sometimes we use love as like this magic eraser, but it's it's not it's like not I love you, but your faults are still there. Like you're still trash. <laughs> and I we know that like I know they're there and you know they're there, but I'll still love you. In spite of your mm-hmm. your faults, because I want someone to love me in spite of mine. That's what Jesus did. True. On Calvary, yes, save the wretch like you and me. That's okay. love. Because we just we just had a Passover. Mm-hmm. Amen. Shout out to Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> resurrection Sunday. How was your Resurrection Sunday? I know that's cool. way off topic, but it was cool. It was yeah, good. and yours. It was amazing. It was a little stressful at first, but it turned out good. I got to go to church with both of my bosses. 
which is always nice. And I got to spend the day with my family. That's tough. Which is also nice. So, and um, I look cute. So that's always. That's a plus. A plus. I didn't really get any good pictures, but I was in the. Good job, Tasha. I know I was in the background when they took pictures of my boss. So. Just look for the pictures of her boss and look in the back. I'll po- I posted it for my WCW because I'm always my WCW because I'm cute. She is rolling her neck hard. <laughs> <laughs> because also, like, if you got you got to love yourself. At the end, if no one else loves you, you have to love yourself. And one thing about me now is I live for my husband's approval. If he said something didn't look right, didn't happen. If he didn't like what, like, I live for his because I wanted to please him, and in my mind, pleasing him meant having his approval. Like I, I loved him with everything within me, and I wanted him to be okay with me. The problem with that is, I loved him more than I loved myself. Come on, come on, hey. and I loved him more honestly than I loved God. Like I put him He's on idol. a pedestal. He was, he was an idol to the point where, um, again, we're in a whole different topic. We're just gonna stop putting topics to because <laughs> we're just all listen. over the place. Where I, the first time he left me, um, he sat me down. It was like this ain't working no more. And I was just like, what? And I, he, in retrospect, he said, I should have known it was coming, but I honestly was totally blindsided. And that weekend he left, I was on the bathroom floor crying. Like I cried so much. I didn't recognize the sound of my voice. And that was actually the first time um, I audibly heard the voice of the Lord because I was distraught. Like there's not a word that would describe how I was mentally. And I remember, I remember screaming and crying, like, I can't do this without him. I need him. And I kept just saying, God, I need him. And I heard clear as day, the Lord said, no, you don't. To the mm. point where I literally like sat up like, because I was on the bathroom floor. I was so dramatic. <laughs> like I went clearly. to the bathroom. <laughs> I went to what the in the Tyler Perry movie? <laughs> I went to the bathroom. I washed my hands and I was in the mirror in my eyes because I'd been crying nonstop. And then I legit was like on the, the sink of the bathroom, just ah, just crying. And then I like slid on the floor. So I was linked up against the tub on the floor, just wailing, screaming. And I heard, no, you don't. And it shook me out of my cry because it was like, who, who said that? <laughs> what? Jesus, is that true? Legit. And it was just like, and that was all I heard. And then like this calm sense came through the room. Like I can't explain it. It was so surreal. And then I got myself up, put myself in the bed. And literally it felt like. God was like wrapped himself around me and just like held me and I went to sleep. And that's like not the first time that's happened, like where I felt the physical presence of God like wrap himself around me. But that was the first time. Um, I mean, that happened multiple times throughout the divorce process where I had those moments. But that was the first time where I heard been in church all of my life. Um, I professed salvation. I was I was one of the last ones in our youth group to get saved because I was a rebel. Um, but <sighs> First, first time I audibly heard God speak to me was about that because I literally felt like I could not breathe. I was, I wanted to die, literally. And I had to learn, like, I wish I could say like that ended it, but no, there were still other moments where, because I took him back, you know what I mean? And I just. Like a goofy. (laughs) I was, I was in love with him. And then it was also that you, you stay married. You get married, you stay married. My parents have been married for 40 some years. His parents, 40 some years, you stay married. And then I had brought this man into my life with my daughter. So then there was that guilt. Like, I can't, she can't have two deadbeat daddies. And 
I won't get into that subject, but I felt guilty because it was like, I'm breaking up the home that I created because I brought him into our lives. And that's to this day, you can't talk anything bad about my ex-husband to my daughter. Now her biological daddy, she ain't got nothing on him, but my ex-husband, that is her daddy. And you can't say nothing bad about him. Loves the ground he walks on. I'm like, mm, all right, girl, <laughs> you got it. Live your life, <laughs> right? Your You're life. 18. You 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 be great. But yes, for since she was two, for 16 years, he's been the constant. And when we, the first time we separated, he would um he would come and get her. Like he would still do things with her. And then after the the divorce was final, um, I won't say exactly what he said to me because I don't know if she's ever going to listen to this. Um, but he said something really hurtful to me and pretty much he made, he put the decision in my court, if that makes sense, about whether he was going to like be in her life or not. It's in the book. Yeah. Well, that part is not in the book. It's not in the book. That part is not in the book because I, um, cause I'm really as much as open as I try to be, uh, and as transparent as I want to be, I'm still very protective when it comes to her. I mean, that is your daughter. So yeah. So there, and so, yeah, I won't say exactly what the conversation was, but it pretty much put the responsibility on me as to whether or not he would still be a part of her life. And to that, I said, that is your decision. I can't make that for you. Mm-hmm. And um, so it is what it is. So he does come around. They still do have a relationship, but she she loves him very much. And I've never been that baby mama where I'm just like, you can't. Now, I've had some trippy stories with her biological father where I went into baby mama mode, but I was within my right. But that's a whole nother episode too. See, and on that cliffhanger, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been waiting to say that. Um, You proud of yourself? I am. You should be. That was good. Um, That's another episode of the No Prelude Podcast. Make sure you follow our socials at No Prelude Podcast on IG. That's No Prelude Podcast, all one word. Make sure you share this, like it, and comment. You can find our podcast on Apple, Spotify. And Google. And the Google. <laughs> and you can email us at nopreludepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. All one word. And again, I'm Cliff Anderson. I'm Tasha Edmonds. And this was a No Prelude Podcast. Bye, y'all. Hasta luego. <laughs>